Are we on the right, 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 right. Everybody here so far? I mean, I'm here. Oh, yeah. There is right now one more person, but I think we can get started into this one. Everybody has to introduce themselves. I ain't shit. Y'all niggas know me. Introduce themselves. No, 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 I know who this is. This is modern GT. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you ready out here? What episode is this? I don't even know anymore, bro. I stopped counting. <laughs> no, you should probably. Okay, after this episode, I'm going to sit and count because <laughs> I honestly lost, I got lost track. I don't know what episode we're on at this point. We're just running on TV. Right? This man Tay is grubbing over there. Man, I'm hungry. I'm I'm hungry, man. Mm. <laughs> hey, you seen the fries just right? Man. Hey, your fat ass is always eating. I'm just playing. Don't call him fat. No, he ain't lying. Shit. <laughs> All right, but nah, I'm more. Bro, you as you as skinny as this way, boy. He, your metabolism is high as Snoop Dogg. It's always the skinny niggas that be eating yeah. the most, bro. Like I swear to God. I mean, I'm getting weight now. Can't wait now, bro. I swear to God, it's always the skinniest wait, niggas that be used to know. Two eighteen now. Are we getting up there? Two eighteen. All right, all right, people. So today's episode is a very special episode. You uh, very special episode to me, at least. I feel like it's going to be a special episode to a lot of other people out there too. Um, we decided to come together as a roundtable. Or, you know, the red table talk like Jada, but we're not going to hurt Will Smith's feelings. I knew it. <laughs> Justice no. for Will. <laughs> no, but we we came to talk about men's mental health and, uh, you know, all the stigmas that come with it. And this is like a special segment that we're going to be doing, okay. like maybe like once or twice, maybe once like a week or maybe once every other week where we just kind of get like friends kind of together. And we just kind of talk about like different topics and get everybody's perspective going because we have so many people that ask to be on the podcast, and like it's just a good chance to like. I'm gonna need y'all to start picking a number. Like, all right, next number. <laughs> right, like y'all gonna have to call in. <laughs> <laughs> call but, number five. You are live. <laughs> but this week, it's you know, it's it's a very strong topic. It's men's men's mental health. Um, we got, we got our boy Tay, and I got my homeboy Josh. He and I work together. Introduce yourself to the people. Can you hear me? Yep. Oh, yeah, yep, yep. You, All right. <clears throat> hey, I'm Josh. Uh, uh, I've lived in Denver the last eight years and uh, still working in the same place the last six years. So you not a not more, y'all. for a while. That's up. That's up. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know how to start something like this because like we talked about mental health before wait we introduced but... ourselves like that no you're gonna do all that oh no 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 <laughs> but um I don't even know how like we yeah. like start like Chris how no, would you um, I don't even know I'm going by group chat names of cousin TT you know? <laughs> 
And <laughs> I'm out here in Nashville, you know, with uh, amazing, amazing scenery. I love it out here. Um, and, you know, just over here grubbing McDonald's yeah. and chicken nuggets and some chicken. <laughs> that's a bet. That's a bet. Right, man. Um, shoot, how will we start this, fellas? I don't know. I mean, we. I guess we can say how. how speaking of Will Smith, that's a good segue because we can talk about I how. It was like that's kind of what I was. I was aiming for was like you know going into Will Smith and you know he, he, you know, he put his book out there, which I still got to read. Oh, uh, bro, it's fucking fantastic. I'm almost done. Like, I got to the point where I just couldn't put it down. Like, it's so funny. Oh, you put a book out? I didn't even realize you put a book yes, out. Yes, bro. It's it's self-titled. You've been this whole year, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. We we two and, months in. He's like, he put a book out? Hey, I listen, it's, been, so, it's, been, it's been long. Yeah. The new year. <laughs> I didn't realize it until, like, a couple weeks ago where I was, like, I, I, was, I was looking for another book to read, and I was like, Will Smith has a book out? And it's, like, it's honestly... I know. I didn't know. Like, I didn't even know. Um, <clears throat> and it it's such a good book because he, like, really kind of, like, lets his walls down and he really talks about some, like, sensitive shit that he went through. And, like, mm-hmm. the reason why, like, I guess it's brought up is because it kind of corresponds with men's mental health because, like, Will Smith went through a lot of shit. Like, a lot. Like, his dad was abusive. Like, like, his dad was a drunk. His dad, like, hit his mom like to the point where they got divorced and then they separated. Um, he had like serious problems with women, you know, trying to like, he had this whole like mindset of having to be like, like, I guess his dad, his dad instilled into his head that like, have two goal, he was like, you have two missions. You complete your task or you die. And I was like, uh, but what he meant by that was like, you complete your task no matter what it takes or you die trying. And we elaborate that throughout the entire book. And I don't want to go into more detail, but it's, it's a really good book and I think everybody should read it. Right. And then, you know, I like I, I mentioned the Red Table talk where we all watched Will Smith basically listen to Jada describe her entanglement as she puts it with August. And, you know, you could see the pain in Will Smith's face, but, you know, Again, men's health, men's mental health really doesn't matter in this country because we made jokes about it. Like, because as men, we're brought up to be like, oh, you got to be strong. You got to be like, you can't like show emotion. You're the pack leader. You're the alpha. Um, you know? It's just, it's a lot of stigma around that. Um... You got to be a warrior. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> There's a lot of like self-instilled misogyny that happens too. Just that's like passed down generationally, where it's like just like mm-hmm. you said, where it's like you have to be tough. You can't show emotion, but then at the same time, on the other side, it's like then we show emotion, but it's just like oh, beta cuck, like oh, you're a pussy. It's just like no matter what framework, no matter what side, like you, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Right, it's like two sides of a fucked up coin. Like like you said, Josh, piggyback on that. Uh, I was actually talking to a friend of my boy Leo about you know, generational, you know, trauma, if you will. Like, our grandfathers taught our fathers, like, you can't show emotion. They taught us that. We teach our sons that, so on and so on. And I was like, you know what? It's up to us as men right now to, like, you know, like, eventually we're going to talk about mental health so much 
for men that it's not going to be considered weird or taboo for black men or men in general to just speak about their trauma, their mental health being completely fucked up. Well, I mean, men in general have just been, over the last, like, five or six years, I want to say, like, men have been on the fucking shit list. Even not to even like go back, make it about even like uh race, but you've been saying black men on that aspect of it. It's just like even in the black culture, it's even found upon that we don't express ourselves. We keep right. everything up, you know, we keep up everything up and, and we're expected just to be, you know, either joke around making jokes or be like assholes. Like that's the only two expectations out of us. And mm-hmm. for our own race, it's okay, let's do what we can to succeed, but from other races and stuff like that, it's just like, you know, like, it's it's more of like they don't they don't typically give our emotions, like, a care in a sense. You know, we're not supposed to ever be sad. We're not supposed to ever cry and shit like that. And, it, it, I mean, it, it's, it's sad, you know, at the same time. We're just supposed to roll over and just kind of... And if you, if you do express emotion, it's like you get in trouble for it almost like if you express joy there's like a different measurement of what's appropriate and what's not because of Mm -hmm. skin color where they're like oh you're being loud quote unquote where you are having a good moment you're excited about something but because because you're a person of color they're like oh you specifically are too rowdy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah like i remember watching what was it breaking bad and Oh boy said, I can't lash out. That's a white man's like luxury. And that hit me hard because I was like, when you lash out at work, you're you're deemed as the angry black man or the angry black woman or the angry Hispanic or whatever. But yeah. you know, it, it it's like, okay. That then you holding in all your emotions, holding all holding all that in starts to deteriorate your health because like now you're in your head all the time and you can't let that out because Oh, you're emotional. Oh, you're weak. Oh, you're loud. Whatever. And it's like, okay, well, who do we vent to as men? Nobody. That's the hard. Like, that's the question, bro. Like, I got, I got asked the other day. Like, my homegirl was like, me and my girl, my me and my homegirl were kind of in an argument, and yeah, she was like, you don't like we're trained to supposed to not to vent, you know, and you know, you got some people, you know. Hey, why don't you talk about your problems? Hey, why don't you talk about your problems? Hey, why don't you talk about your problems? You know, because you don't care about my problems. You, yeah, you don't care. You, you, you really don't care. To the next man, or yeah. the next woman. Really, like you, I was you saying, just want, you just want something to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's not that you actually trip, uh, typically care about it or anything like that. You don't. You want to act like you care in a sense, and then that's something that gets thrown back, and it gets thrown back in guys' faces. Right. Oh, but you're too emotional. You know, like. Oh, no, you got too many health problems. You got too many mental problems, you know? But then yet, as guys, not even even being raised now, it's just like as guys, you know, you know, if a girl is being too emotional or is being too dramatic or whatever the case may be, well, we're supposed to be like this. Right. Oh, what I was saying was, was like, so me and my homegirl, like, we got into an argument. And like we were talking, and she's like, "You don't, you don't like every time I try to ask you what's wrong, you shut down." I'm like, "It's programmed in my brain to do that because I don't have, I don't, I've done it." So okay, so like I'm gonna open up during this whole little thing, but like I used to wear my emotions on my sleeve a lot, 
like in middle school, like in high school and even a little after high school, I used to do it a lot. I used to wear my heart on the sleeve. I used to open up to people. I used to vent to people like during the days of like early, like when I got fresh out of high school and like I was, I was living, I think I was, yeah, I was living away from my dad for the first time. And like, uh, like every day where I just had like these crying spells, like I would just be so sad because I wasn't with my dad. And like, I would tell people that and like, I would be crying in front of people. But then over the course of time, it just got wired into my brain to not do that because it's like, well, you shouldn't be crying about it. Like people, other people have it worse. Like this could be like, you know, the whole, like those cliches. And so I didn't realize it, but I put up this proverbial wall of not wanting to open up to people. And the only people I opened up to were like Chris, Des, the group, my dad, and that was it. But that's because I confided in those people. And as a man to another man, that you guys would be like, oh, damn, like, we're here for you. But if I did it to, and I, I hate making this a sex thing, but it is. And if I open up to a woman, they're going to be like, well, why are you, like, aren't you, aren't you caring about my problems? Like, I'm a woman. This is, like, my issues are more important. And I'm like, well, I'm trying to, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm trying to relate to you by bringing in my problem that happened to me. Because I've been through a lot of shit that a lot of the people have been with. So I share my experiences so I can relate, you know, but I don't do that anymore because I know at some point it's going to turn around and it's going to hit me back in the face. And then it's just going to be like, what the fuck was the point of me even opening up for when we even get nowhere? So nowadays, I mean, I'm getting better at it, but nowadays when I'm having a shit day, I'm just quiet. I don't talk to nobody. I just come home, you know, and I have my, I think as men, we have built these safe zones. And I never thought I'd use that word, but we built these safe zones. We have these, we have our own things that we can fight in before we, you know, essentially blow up or we just can't take it anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I know for me, it's fucking, you know, being in the Xbox party and just talking about dumb shit or my cats. Like, honestly, my cats are like my, like, they're like, support animals bro like i i have the shittiest day and i come home and i see them and it's like nothing happened you know Zim but it's like having a shit day at work because i'm like can you believe this right but you can't open you can't say that to a lot of people though as a man you're like well like if you tell that somebody like like again like a woman unfortunately they're gonna like, well, you're a manager you're supposed to do with shit like that this that and the third and there's a lot women actually could fight against my mother sometimes mm-hmm. like, my mom and my sister, because, you know, like, family is, you know, everything for me. So, but even when, I, even when I was dating back in the day, I'd be like, I would be afraid to open up, you know, because of, like, past, past fuck-ups in relationships. I'm like, nah, I'm going to hold that back, you know? Yeah. And I've gotten better about it, but at the, at the end of the day, I'm still very much... Yeah, I'm still very much like like I'll meet somebody and like we're cool. Like I have two like two of my closest, you know, girl best friends. Like even if, like it took me the longest time to start opening up to them. But now I'll hit them up and I'm like, can I just vent to you? And it feels nice. But at the same time, there's still that like hole, you know, like it's still, like there's still that like, that weariness of doing it. Yeah, no, I wouldn't even say that. It's more so like. 
it doesn't feel right. Because, like, mm-hmm. as a man, and I kind of wanted to, as a, and I'm sure everybody can agree with me. As a man, as many friends as we have, and as many support systems as we have, there's a good chunk of us, there's a good chunk of the time, and maybe I'm just speaking for myself, that we just don't feel like we're appreciated. Like, we don't feel loved. Like, no matter what it is that we do, and how much love we show people, and how much appreciation we show to people, we, no matter what happens, have this small, and I've been using it a lot lately, this internal shot collar that just goes off when it's like, I don't feel like I'm getting that feeling back. And I think as a man, I can, you know, vouch for a lot of people when I say, we just don't feel appreciated anymore. We don't feel love, like no matter what we do. Right, that's when like I say, you gotta find like a solid group of friends. And that's why like, I love the group chat so much. Cause I feel like we got some real people in there, you know? I've never met Josh in person, but I feel like I can vent to Josh, you know, about anything in that group chat, you know? And not oh, bro, I, <laughs> like, bro, you can ask Josh. When we worked together, Josh was always the one person that I always used to talk to about dumb shit. When he wasn't, like, knee-deep in dog shit, he was, like, the one person <laughs> I could talk to. Like, you can ask him. Like, there would be days at work where, because, like, Hobnob – tested my mental health a lot because it was a very straight it was a very stressful job for me and mm-hmm. there'd be days where i would just talk to josh about whatever like the best part of my day because and it's funny because i was one of the he, he and i were like one of the only few dudes that were work, that worked there and we were like consistent and like the best part of the day was that after like sitting around listening to all the girls talk about whatever the fuck they were talking about the best mm-hmm. thing about the day was when josh came out to do people's like breaks and shit and we would just talk about video games like it was the best shit ever, because it was like a safe zone. Because I knew yeah, nobody else here. I was me and Tony before Tony passed away, man. Like, yeah, that was my I, I knew it wasn't. I knew the girls didn't give a fuck about what I had to talk about. But then there was Josh, and we would talk about fucking Borderlands or Xbox, and it was great because it was like that's my safe spot at work. About, uh, and it's just like that that path of like interest is there where it's something that you can actually tune into and your like brain turns all the way on when you're talking about it. Cause like mm-hmm. people can talk about the weather or whatever, whatever the fuck they want to talk about. But then it's just like, Oh, I'm not actually interested. And then they're like, okay, well I'm not even going to talk to you anymore. But um, it's like, unless I have that like similar interest to like, kind of keep me in that conversation. Like I'm, you're lucky I'm talking to you already. <laughs> right. I right. think that I think, I think men just need more of a safe spot. I think, like I said, we need to feel because even in like it's every aspect of life, whether it's relationships, whether it's at work, whether it's at home. If you have a family at home, I feel like we just don't have that appreciation. We don't have that like 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 Chris Rock said. The only thing that gets unconditional love is dogs and women, and. <laughs> Like it's funny, but it's sad at the same time because you're like, yeah, yeah, like that makes sense. Like for men, it's what uh, it's for a lot of times. It's what you can provide, what you can bring to the table, and like that can manifest in different ways for depending on like who's trying to get your attention or whatever. But Mm -hmm. so much of it is measured by like how much you earn, how. Like, obviously, visually, sex is, like, on both sides. But mm-hmm. just, the, 
monetarily and like physically what you can bring to the table like can you fix an oven like are you handy <laughs> like all of that is more so like the measurement of like long term i'm gonna answer that question with no to both those questions i can definitely not <laughs> fix no oven so i'll go out and buy a new one and then I'll hire somebody to put one in because <laughs> i'm like can chris can you fix this oven no <laughs> no, I've been machine broke. <laughs> we gotta. Not, I guess. I guess we eat pizza rolls for dinner tonight, baby. Yeah. But like, I guess the question that I want to ask everybody is like, when was there a time that you like, like we'll you were that's you're... changing up a little bit nowadays, though? That uh, thought process. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, we still have a lot of work to do um, in that regard. But, um, but I mean, you're right. Typically, we have to bring something like there's we have to have something that appeals to uh, a woman for it. And, you know, it's like we're trained, not trained, but like in a sense, like it's like we have to be trained in a sense to do certain things like, oh, yeah. So, you know how to fix cars, you know how to, you know you know, how to fix my bookshelf when it collapses and, or even little things like, you know, which this isn't a big deal, like, but like little things like, oh, if there's a spider, you know, we have to be the ones to get it, you know? Like, uh, I'm some scared people of that are terrified of spiders. I am not one of them. <laughs> I'll grab that bitch. But like, you know, I'm <laughs> that like as long as the spider don't look like a bench 250, I'll kill it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll get you they, some crush it, boy. No, but <laughs> hell, no, this spider yeah, never but, said that but, shit. <laughs> I know there's been times where I looked and been like, yo, this is a little ass spider. You can't throw a shoe at it? You <laughs> woke me up by my sleep so I can kill the spider. But uh, I also feel like that's kind of like a But I don't want you to kill it. I want you to take it outside. Fuck you. you it's going to take me outside. I'm taking, I'm taking care of the spider. You woke me up. <laughs> it's right, lost its question. privileges. What's the question you were asked the group? <laughs> um, so I was so Oh, yeah. So what I I wanted to ask everybody was like, and it like, I mean, you don't have to answer if you want to, if it's too personal, but I wanted to ask like, if there was ever, what was the time where you felt like you were at your lowest and you wanted to, and you needed that outlet, but you couldn't because as a man, you were like, there's nothing I can do. I got two occasions, man. I got two occasions. So my first occasion was my sophomore year at high school at Eagle Crest because I felt like an outcast, bro. I did not feel like I fit in anywhere, bro. And I was just, I don't know what hit me or what happened, but I, I slumped into like a really bad depression. But it wasn't like to the point where like I wanted to kill myself. I, I didn't want to kill myself, but I just didn't want to, I didn't want to wake up some days. I didn't want to go to school. I just wanted to like sleep, you know? But I felt like I couldn't tell anybody because I was like, how do I, one, so I don't know how to convey these feelings that I'm feeling. And two, I don't know who I can trust, you know what I'm saying? Right. And then another time was, I would say, like, like I told the group chat, like, between the years of, like, 2016 to about, like, 2019, it was just tough, man. I was just going through a lot. Um, work was just, I was working so much. Like, then, oh, you I- know, I was closing all the time. I'm like, dude, I need some sunlight because, like, I just felt like every time I would like clock in and hit the end button on the on the time clock, I just felt my mental health just take a hit. And I was like, I yeah. can't keep doing this. <laughs> like I just can't. 
it, it, got to the point where, it got to the point where I just had like a whole mental breakdown at work. And like, I was just like, I got to go. I was just in the office. just Like, I wasn't like crying or anything, but I was just like, I felt like this rage inside of me. Like, I, I mm-hmm. didn't hit something or hit somebody. I was like, I can't do that because now, now, like going back, I'm the angry black man at work now. Right. <laughs> so, and you know, God rest your soul, Pam. Like Pam was like she was like the grandma of the uh, of the store, and like she she just listened to me vent. Like I was like I had I had to get those emotions out, cause like just like work was just like shaking me. And it was just like a bottle of soda, you know. When you shake that bitch up and you open it and you it just explodes everywhere. That's what well, that's I, just, I just I just hit my lowest, but I, like, I need help. <laughs> like I need somebody, right? <laughs> you know. Those were so those were just. I was also going through a pretty, pretty rough breakup and everything and some other stuff and all that. It was, it was just taking a toll on me, bro. So, Honestly, I think for me, it was like, that. um, there's, there's, I mean, there's, for me, it was like three or four, but I do, but you know, the first one was when I broke up with old girl. Uh, well, she broke up with me at prom and I'm going to fight for that. I'm glad. I, I, <laughs> wherever uh, she at, bro. You going to be going to handle that, bro? No, <laughs> nigga, she in whole house and she's happy. <laughs> right, just, you know, I, I, you know, and I'm played by my homies, cause. <laughs> um, it was like when she broke up me at prom was the first time I experienced heartbreak because everybody knew how much I cared about her then, and mm-hmm. this was like the first time I was really starting to dig into my own emotions, and it was at this like so that was the that was the cherry on the shit Sunday that was already happening in my life. I was mm-hmm. failing high school. She had broke up me at prom. I wasn't with my family. I was with another, I was living with a whole another family. And on top of that, I was like, just alone. Like I was sitting in, I was like sitting in Stewart's basement, our home, the homeboy I was staying with at the time. I was bawling my eyes out. Cause like, I did not know what the fuck the next step was because I wasn't with my uncle. I was failing high school. I just got my heart broken. And, I mean, the end result was I didn't graduate, which is unfortunate. And then that spiraled into a bunch of dumb shit that just happened to me during the course of, like, 2013 to 2014. Like, 2013 to 2014. And then it was just like a – like, it was my lowest because, like, my my dad and my uncle were on my neck about everything. Because I just turned 18. They're like, well, you got to do this. And you got to do that. And you got to do this. And I'm like, niggas, I don't even know what the fuck – like, what? Like, I don't know what just happened. There's a lot, like, I'm living with my mom who have a deranged, like, I have a, you know, a disconnect with, and, like, I'm not knowing what the fuck is going, like, I'm 18, I don't know what's going on. So that was at the first one, and, you know, life kind of continued throughout that, and I had my ups and downs, and then, like, I, like, I was talking to somebody about the other day, so I have, like, a timeline of events that just happened through, like, like, 2019 to, to now, and, like, to shorten it up, basically, what I want to say was 2019, so early June of 2019 was the last time I truly felt normal and I had a normal day and my internal shot collar wasn't going off every day. And I knew it because, and I knew something was wrong the moment I had my first anxiety attack. And I, w- I was working at Hobnob, I had a shit day at Hobnob. Because I had just gotten fucking talked to by the manager. I don't, even, I don't remember her fucking name. I don't even want to remember her name. But um, she had just talked to me about something, and I just it was a, it was a fucked up day. There was like a ton of dogs, 
So we lo- so I left work and then I went to my other job because I was working two jobs at the time. And uh, Chris knows I was doing trash pickups. I was working two jobs, so I was working like fourteen hours a day. And uh, it was something so small, but it was one of those days where just everybody like all the hallways were full of trash. It was just a busy fucking day. I wasn't getting home till late. And I remember something so small. It was like a box. It was like an Amazon box. And it had styrofoam in it. And I couldn't fit it in the fucking green trailer that I had. I had this small little mini green thing that I had the trash can in that I would carry like the trash bin in. And it wouldn't fucking fit. And I just kept pushing it in there. And the more I pushed it in there, the more pissed off I got. And then eventually it like hits the thing over and like the styrofoam fell and the things fell open. So I always remember like my brain shut off for like 30, like for like 20 seconds, my brain just shut off. And I didn't feel shit. And the only thing I remember was punching the shit out of this. Uh, I punched the shit out of this glass fire extinguisher case, the ones that protect it. I punched the fuck out of it and it broke. And I just stood there for like two minutes. And I knew at that moment, like that was my lowest of lows. And I just could not say anything to anybody because nobody fucking got it. Now, I remember that night I got home. Unfortunately, I was living with my mom and it, just was horrible because my mom's environment was toxic as fuck. I just sat at the end of the bed and it was just, it was bad. But I think that's the biggest one for me. It was like the moment that I realized that like I could not confide in anybody. Right. Dude, there were times where I would pick you up and we'd just go to Sonic. You would just sit in my car silent and I'm like, yeah, he's going through it. I I mean, I think the problem is with, like, as men, we don't really, like, we have, like, a disconnect with our emotions. Like, we don't realize what's happening until afterwards, you know? Because, like I said, like I was saying at the beginning, like, we all agree on, is men have this weird capability of shutting our shit off. Like, when something's bad is happening, we just shut off. It's not, it's not, it's not like we think about it. It's just something that we do because it's our, it's, it's in our DNA. It's handed down from generations, like. It's, you it's know, like a form of survival at this point. Yeah, yeah like we're men, men can compartmentalize like on cue. Like women, a lot of times have to talk about things right then and there, or they have to get things out in the open. For men, it's just like I'm putting it in a box. I'm taking the box. I'm putting it in the basement under mm-hmm. the stairs, and I'll deal mm-hmm. with this later. I'll you just keep doing that, and then you get a hoarder situation in your brain, and that's what ends up with all the anxiety and depression and then it's like it hits you like a brick bro like i mean i went through it i went through it earlier this year and like i just didn't know what was wrong with me like i was just sad all the time i didn't have motivation to leave the house i didn't want to play any video games i didn't like nothing like something was just wrong with me i knew what it was but it, it didn't register in my head because i just thought that i was burnt out from work that's my excuse. I was like, I'm just burnt out from work. Like, work gets right. on my ass. That, that's literally how I was. I'm like, I just work too much. I just work too much. I just kept saying that to myself, but I, my brain's like, nigga, no, you're not. There's something <laughs> deeply wrong with you, and you need to figure it out. And I was like, ah, no, But it's cool. hard to figure it out because you don't have that opening. You don't <laughs> right? have like, that system. I, like, and like, like, I, like I said last year, like last year, I missed so many key events in my life that I shouldn't have missed because of work. And I got, like I said this year, I was like, I'm going to focus on A, my family, my friends, and B, my mental health. Like, because work does not give a shit about your mental health. You can literally 
have the worst depression, blow your brains out, and they're gonna they're gonna replace you the next day. <laughs> I'm like, so I was like, I'm gonna put me before my job. Mm-hmm. My job doesn't care. So if I'm having I, a rough, if I have a rough day, one I, I learned, I I I have to teach myself how to handle rough days in a healthier way than sleeping. If I have a rough day, one, I just go, you know what? There's 24 hours in this day. This is just a small second. I take I take a few deep breaths. Just calm down. Just calm down. I'm like, all right, we're not going to focus on this one small thing out of this day. You know? So, and then, like, like just talking to my parents. I'm, I'm so glad I have parents that understand, you know, like, they don't just tell me to go pray about it. They're like, well, let's talk about it, you know? Let's get down to the bother, nitty-gritty, <laughs> you know? Well, and so, but, like, I like um, I don't know if y'all know this guy on Facebook, John, John, John Mosel. He looks like me. Everybody calls me, calls me, his, you know, him and my twin. And he's a comedian, right? And he had this voice. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He had this voicemail. He was like... You know he how important it is to come up with a morning routine to get ready for the day, cause like I would me I would just go out and free ball life. I'd just be free balling my day. Like you know what whatever happens happens, and you know my day can go far right out of nowhere, and I don't know how to handle it. So it's like in the morning I'm like let me just kind of you know think, plan this day out. Okay, I got to do this at work. You got to do that. I do 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 do. And so when things happen to me. Instead of letting it get to my head, I just inhale, exhale. Life goes on, <laughs> you know. That's yeah. just that's just me, but you know, that's me personally. Now I don't know. There's people out here who can't do that, and you know, if, you know, please, if you're listening to this, if you're listening to this, it's not weird to go see a therapist. It's expensive. not. It's expensive. I wish I could. I'm like. I'm poor as fuck. I wish I could. Very expensive. Go be a therapist. You know, I think my the thing that like I I think another problem is is like men every day face some kind of scrutiny, no matter what it is that we do, especially when it comes again like relationships or like this whole just. And like social media does not help oh, once again. Social problem, media dude. tears men down. Like there's some like there's some chicks on my Facebook and on my Twitter, and I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Like every day they have some shit to say about men. Men oh, this get on their trash. Twitter without saying, is it gay to insert whatever here? I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to eat breakfast. Right, or it's like the whole like men are trash, men do this, men shouldn't exist. Men, and I'm like, we men can't have the audacity, like, yeah, it, and I'm like, the, it's basically it's hitting to the point where misandry, like, there's misogyny and there's misandry, which is like misogyny, but like towards men. And it's, it's like, just like it's getting to the point where like misandry is basically becoming like what new neo feminism is, like the pedestal at which like women are standing on is like shit on men is our like mo and i'm like why why right. is this like, what do we do i granted like there's some dudes some out there that are kind of fucked up now, in, in yeah, there, you say okay continue um, um, i was just saying wait sorry who oh you go ahead 
uh, I was just saying, like, I mean, it's, uh, I feel like in a sense it's empowering for them. I mean, I don't, I don't know why, um, but it, it's a, it's a, it's a power thing. You know, you got this fought, this fad going on right now where in girls' heads, it's all about being a bad bitch and, you know, bad bitch this, bad bitch that. I'm not supposed to give a fuck because I'm a bad bitch, you know, so. It, and with that, those those thought processes and shit like that, it's carving these women to be essentially a, a bitch to men and treat us in a way, in a light where we're now down under them, where we don't matter, um, our opinions aren't valid, everything that they say should be law, oh, you know, um, so I, it's it's... It's it's horrible, you know, and it's it's hard to talk about anything with um, with them. Then it's hard to even grow and learn more about even each other, you know, whether it's friendship wise, relationship wise, you know, because you know you got guys that are going to get pissed off and stay closed off, but if we're closed off, we're also wow, you never say anything to us, so it's it's a double edged sword at the end of the day. So we just <laughs> right. see the way we do like. Zen knows my distaste. Like I hate social media, but I love it at the same time. Like I hate it because like social media really painted in like guys' head that like, bro, you can't buy her a Birkin bag, bro. You're failing in life, or you can't do this for your girl. You're failing in life. You got dudes who hate working a nine to five because they think it's a lame job, and you know they're burning themselves out trying to get all these you know, material things to prove that, hey, I'm doing just fine. Bro, your mental health is garbage. Like, look at, I was going to say, look at Kanye West. I, I want to feel bad for Kanye. That's, that'd be my next point once we move on. Hell no. Kanye did this himself. Kanye would be in that bitter ugh. He needs, <laughs> he needs to want help before he can right. get help, and he doesn't want help, so until he does, I, like... I was, like, was going to say, I want to feel bad for Kanye when he's talking about, I almost killed my daughter when he's doing his quote-unquote presidential run. I mean, I can't even say quote-unquote because he was on the ballot. It threw me the fuck off when I saw my ballot. And I saw Kanye West, and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what wormhole did I walk through? Right, what episode like, of fucking euphoria am I watching? Harris, Trump and Kanye, what the heck? Kanye West. Anyways. <laughs> but, you know, he was talking about I almost killed my daughter, and I was like, oh, that's sad. He was like, well, Harriet Tubman didn't free the slaves. I was like, and, <laughs> and he said like go. slavery was a choice or whatever. And I was like, what? Red he said what? He said that he's like slavery. Four hundred years of slavery sounds like a choice to me. I was like, Kanye, God. If I was Kanye was publicist, <laughs> oh my God, you would have to put me on suicide watch at that point. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> I was like, I want to feel bad for Kanye, but like. Bro, you you don't want help. Like you're capitalizing off this bipolar disease that you have, quote unquote, that you say you have. Like he had an album cover. His bipolar sucks. Being bipolar sucks is awesome. And I was like, bro, like Pete Davidson said to you on SNL, take your medicines. It's okay to take antidepressants. It's okay. Just do that, Kanye. So I, I, I try to feel bad for Kanye and then he's been spit in our face since twenty sixteen. So mm, mm, sorry, Kanye. Right. 
Maybe, maybe, maybe you'll come out of the sunken place one day, but I don't know. <laughs> it's more so like every aspect of life. We're always like I keep going back to the whole feeling like love and feeling appreciated kind of thing, because like. I mean, there's a huge reason why, I mean, and I'll throw it out because everybody fucking knows. There's a huge reason why I'm single because it doesn't matter. I feel like as a man, (laughs) and I am, and I am, and I'm not even going to cap. I'm a fucking asshole. But it's because I've been burned so many times that my mental health automatically goes into survival mode when I'm in a relationship. I automatically throw everything out. Like, I throw out my purpose. Like, this is what I want. Like, we could be, or, like, I'm like, hey, let's be friends. Or, hey, let's, like, you know, like, I throw it out on top, you know? And I think a part of that is just, like, as a man, we already know where it's going to go. Like, the woman is already automatically going, why is he talking to me? He's not, like, he's a man. Like, that's gross. Like, why is he approaching me? Like, how dare he breathe the same air that my... I feel like that's a fucked up mental that I have, because not all women are like that. But, it's know, not. But as a guy, we've been burned so much by society. We kind of just think that. Now, I'm not saying being incel. Absolutely not. No. But like, you automatically, it's like being black. Being black, you're automatically on survival mode every fucking day. And then people ask and they try, and you try to explain it, and they don't fucking get it because they're not that, they're not black or they're not a man. So they don't understand it. They're like, why can't you just do this? Why can't you do that? Because first off, I'm a male and I'm black in America. Like, none of that. Goes in. You do know that I'm black, right? It's like my you approach do. to everything is like an a walking on eggshell fucking trapeze act because there's fucking code switching and fucking shit you have to do to survive everyday situations. Everything situation. It's not even just about being black. Like I said, like Will, that's where I got that shock collar thing from. I got it from Will Smith's book. Because he was saying that he got this weird feeling whenever something bad was about to happen, he knew it was going to happen because he got this feeling that it would just go off, like it was like a, like it was like a, like like a shock went through his system. Like when his dad was about to beat his mom, it, it went off. When his first marriage fell through, the shock collar went off. When he found out that the girlfriend that he loved for a really long time cheated on him while he was gone, it went off. And it's like that prepared him to be who he was because he knew what was going to happen. And I feel like that's just something that men just we. And there's some men who fake it, and they're like, "Well, I'm a man. I'm gonna be strong. I'm gonna be this, that, and the third." And they really think that way, and it's not good. But and the whole tell, alpha male mindset is fucking joke. garbage. <laughs> like. The whole, like, alpha male mindset is just fucking ass. Like, you have no reason to sit there and be like, bro. You know what's crazy about the whole alpha male nonsense? It was disproven by the guy who made the whole alpha male while watching wolves. He was like, there's no such thing as an alpha wolf. They just care about their people. That's it. They're not alphas. They're not betas. They just care about each other. It's a family thing. And But you you have these mouth-breathing muscle heads who listen to Joe Rogan's podcast all the time. Like, I'm an <laughs> alpha male. I, you know, I lift weights, ooh, muscle, clank, clank, you know, whatever. And, and I'm like, you know, showing emotion, showing emotion week. Me, Gronkowski, I catch football. Sorry. Rob Gronkowski, you hear this? We're not making fun of you. Stop it! 
I'm just saying, but like, bro, you're going like, to jail. I'm like, bro, like, there's no such thing as an alpha, man. And if there was, you're definitely not it, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're not. I got alpha. another. I'll go you ahead, know? bro. Like, you're not an alpha male. You're just some dude who this weight and you know thinks that sex is the key because I bought this girl a two dollar sandwich from Jimmy John's. With the hey, first off, Jimmy John's is gold tier. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, you were saying, bro. <laughs> oh, like I was saying, I got another question. If so, since we're talking about men's mental health, I know all four of us have grown in the last like five, six, seven years. Like we've had to. Mm-hmm. But what what's something that you can look back on and having the mental strength that you have now? What is something that you look back on and you're like, I wish I could tell myself that back then that when like when I was going through that what can I tell them now and like what's like what's something that is like a positive reinforcement that I could tell myself to prepare myself for what it was I was going through look man I will go back to sophomore year my like sophomore me like you know what kid everything's gonna be all right okay look yes it hurts now yes but pain doesn't last forever he just got to rip that Band-Aid off and deal with that stingy emotion just for a little bit. But you're going to be okay, kid. You know what I'm saying? This right now, this is minor. Plus, anime exists. You're okay. <laughs> Spider-Man. Dude, you can go ahead and list the whole cycle of pain speech. Oh, <laughs> man. I'm like, look, man. But, like, for not, but on the real note, if I can go back in time to, like, younger me, I would just tell, like, I would just kind of quote Bruce Lee and be like, you know what, be water. You know what I'm saying? You got to go with the flow. You got to adapt to your environment. You know what I'm saying? And, like, no matter how much you shake water, it never explodes. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could take a bottle of water, put it on a hyperbolic shaking machine for, like, a year, and that water is still going to be calm. You know what I'm saying? But you shake that soda for, like, five minutes and then open the bottle, you're going to have a mess on your hands. So just be... Plus, it's root beer. Root beer is just always fizzy for no reason. That Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, would t- I would tell myself, like, you just got to be a bottle of water, kid. Life is going to shake. Life is not always going to be happy, sunshine, rainbows. People aren't going to treat you good because they treat... Because you treat them good. I'm saying? Because I was young and naive. I thought, hey, I'm a good person. So life is going to treat me good, too. And life was like, no, the fuck I'm not. <laughs> it's like life was like I'm gonna beat your ass, and then ask if you want some food later. You gonna, <laughs> mad at me. You gonna be mad at me, but you gonna want that food later, right? I was like, so I had I would tell myself like life is gonna beat you down, but it's the only time it's not okay is when you give up on life. You know what I'm saying? There's always sunshine at the end of those clouds when the storm rolls through. So that'd just be my advice to myself. I don't know about you guys, but that'd be me. I think for me, it's just like yeah, I mean, like you said earlier, I mean, there's there's a lot to to live for. I mean, even when uh, it's hard days, you know, you think there's nothing left to live for. I mean, you always find something. It's little things, you know, whether it's you know getting going out and doing, you know, I know, for example, if you live out in New Orleans and you could go out and volunteer to go help rebuild some houses and stuff like that, still suffering from Katrina, you know, just to keep mm-hmm. yourself active, you know, little things like that, you know, 
basketball sports, you know. Um, I mean, shit, Remy, right now we're watching the best, I, I want to say, like, the best NFL, like, playoffs in, like, a really long time, in my opinion, mm-hmm. you know, so – Things like that. There's always stuff to look. You know, always look more. I'm like, there's video games I still gotta look forward to. You know what I'm saying? There's still that I want to see live. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, for me, I gotta agree with Jay. Like, there's so much. Like, you know, life is. There's not every day is gonna be a good day, but there's something good in every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, whoever whoever says you can't buy happiness is a lie. When I right. get to oh, absolutely. When, like, when, I, when I buy some food, that dopamine kicks in real quick. <laughs> but I guess the question, the counter question would be like, mm-hmm. as a man, like, what is like, when you're facing all this scrutiny and all this bullshit, like, what day, like, what part of the day do you like, and I guess like, now this is another question, uh, what part, like, what is it a part of that day that you just go, like, are you looking forward to? Because like I said, as a man, like, we're always faced with some kind of sh- like bullshit. Like, say for example, like, you know what time of day that is? When I type in my employee number and I press out and I go home. <laughs> 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 when your time though, becomes yeah, like, yours again. Right, exactly. When you get to go home and you get to like that, like that episode of Family Guy where the white people unzipped themselves and they were black. <laughs> <laughs> like I get to be the real Chris now. I don't gotta put on this. Sorry to bother you, voice now. Stop it, horse people. Hey man, horse hey. people. <laughs> I don't. I don't gotta. I. I. You get. You don't have to get a. Are we there yet? Ice cube. You get a boys in the hood. Ice cube now. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's my time of day where I can just go home and I have. My time. Bro, honestly, for me, the best time of the day, like, like after dealing with all the dumb shit, is either when I get to come, like, like especially on, like, a weekend, and, like, at the pay-per-view, and I get to watch, like, wrestling, or, like, if I'm just in an Xbox party. Because I know, like, I know when I'm in that Xbox party, nothing else matters. It's just right. whatever the fuck we're doing and whatever the fuck we're talking about, which is 90% bullshit. And it entertains right. me because it's bullshit. I'm at- Imagine if they heard our Xbox party, bro. You think the podcast is wild? Oh, no. Oh, oh, <laughs> We're going to jail. Nah. <laughs> We're getting that's... banned so quick. Twitch, Twitch would shut down our channel before we even started. Now, what did I do? Oh, what did I do? <laughs> FBI is just booting up a hard drive. <laughs> oh, man. FBI was like, keep talking, keep talking. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> okay, okay. Hey, if I get locked up, it's because it's, I said some wild shit in the party. Like, I'd be saying some outlandish shit that you probably shouldn't say. Like, for real. You could tell, um, tell we're getting close to the end of the podcast because now we're on bullshit. <laughs> but, like, no, like, but that's the best part, though. It's just, like, we get to talk, like, for real. The best part of the day is when I get to come home and uh, say Chief Keep 2024. <laughs> I think, and this is the, like, I mean, that, this is the best part because as, like, like, we're all dudes here. We're all friends. Like, we can confide in each other. I guarantee you, I could not have this conversation with, like, any other person besides my close friends or, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, like, I cannot have this conversation with one of my close, like, you know. You know who you could have this conversation with? I know it. <laughs> I can have this conversation with Kevin Hart. There we go. <laughs> 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 well, 
but for real, like it's it's a it's nice to know that men like like all bullshit aside, for real, for real, for real, all bullshit aside, to all the men out there listening, like listening to us, I hope, really, really hope gives you some kind of sense of like my mental health does matter. Like there always is some kind of safe zone. There always is some like there. I have homies, you know what I'm saying? Like I have, I have things that can bring me happiness despite being victimized and you know um what's the word i'm looking for just being painted as the victim because my fucking sex just automatically deems me a bad person and i really hope that the men listening to this just know that like it's okay like you're 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 valued you're wanted you provide something to the table whether somebody believes it to you or not and like you're just you know i don't know you're special you know what i'm saying I always, I always believe that there is somebody out there for somebody. And it, I, that, like I told you on your post, it's not just relationship-wise. You know, there's always a friend out there for you. There's always a mentor out there for you. There's somebody out there who cares about you, okay? So, men, if you're listening to this, if you got, a, if you got like, a solid group of, men, like, three, four, or five friends who actually care about you, cherish them. You know what I'm saying? Confide in them. Talk to them. You know, break break those those you know stigmas that surround mental health. Just break it, you know. Just right, like if you see your best friend kiss that nigga on the cheek, tell him he cute. Hey, yo, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> hey, first of all, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta tuck him into bed first before you do that. And then I'm be like, come get you some crunch, it boy. He's <laughs> <laughs> going to jail. <laughs> Uh, but for I mean, real, like, no, all jokes like, aside, I, I'm really glad that we had this, like, miniature round talk table because I really think that it opened up, like, it allowed us to kind of open up freely because I don't know about you guys, but, like, throughout the day, I really just feel like I don't have a lot of people to talk to, you know? It's just, like, it's it's, it's a sense of loneliness, too, being a dude. Like, you just don't have no one to talk to. And I ain't, I ain't going to cap. That group chat is, like, the greatest thing that ever happened to me mm-hmm. because, like, I have made so many connections with motherfuckers I didn't even know existed, like Tay, fucking other Chris, like fucking Louie, like Louis. I, right, like I made dog, friends bro. with, <laughs> right, like I made friends with people. I already knew Josh. Josh was black by default, but like, always, bad for the cookout. Cause like, and I never told Josh this, but if it wasn't for Josh being at Hobnob to keep my fucking sanity, I would have quit. And one of them dogs would have ended up on a goddamn Chinese menu. Like, <laughs> okay. I'm not even kidding. We don't endorse racial stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> but for real though, like I never told him that how much I appreciated working with him. And there were days where like, like it was just it'd be nonsense at work. Like we'd have like two hundred and fifty dogs, and I'm just we're just oh, no. overloaded. And, like he knows, and it's just like I was glad that he was there to just even during that two that two hours that we all that we him and I loved the most, which was like which was the lunch period time, and it was the two hours where the dogs just chilled the fuck out. Everything and, was quiet, and it smelled like food <laughs> because yeah, it was a lunch rush. And Josh would come out for 15, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever it was. And that little 45 minutes was the separation of I'm coming back with a gun or I love my job. 
and right. John like really like <laughs> brightened that up. So like I don't know. I I, I got to give him a flower. Last time I saw him, the bro Tay was at Michael's graduation party like years ago. With like, man, that was like the best graduation party I ever I ever had, man. <laughs> oh man, we were lit. We were like, definitely lit, man. Playing beer pong in the corn backyard. <laughs> cornhole. Cornhole. Oh man. Right? Like, I, I, I honestly think, like, you know, men, we make, like, a good, solid group of friends, and we're good. We're good. Because, like, honestly, your friends, your friends become brothers. They become uncles at that point when you have kids. Cedric, you late, motherfucker. <laughs> yep, you fucking late, ass motherfucker. Yep, <laughs> we're, about to, we're about to end the podcast, and this nigga come in. God yeah, he want to join the podcast. <laughs> like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> He just mad because he ain't seen his hairline since 1937. Ooh, this bitch. I hate this nigga. I feel bad because I wanted Cedric on the podcast, but, you know, he had dad, so I get it. Daddy duties. So Hey, no, I hope his daughter is stopping with a salamander. I'm angry. (laughs) (laughs) So so to wrap up this podcast, remember, y'all, Chief Keep 2024, Kevin Hart in office. (laughs) If only... Right, but bro, like you get like all of us. We, I'm telling you, my goal. He just messaged the group chat saying, "Putting the little one to bed." I was like, "Bro, the podcast is about to end in like two minutes." (laughs) (laughs) Nigga, you are late as hell. (laughs) (laughs) My goal, and I need, I need. That's that. That's that. Black people time right there. We said like like, three hours ago, bro. When are you gonna join the chat? He's like, no response. He's like, yep, I'll be right there. Fucking Josh is like, I'll be right there. Josh has been ready for like three days now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Just my fingers over the app, just like I'm ready. (laughs) It's like fucking Cedric over here three days later. I'm like, so when y'all post an episode, bitch. Ooh. All right. So to wrap up the podcast again, y'all know the social medias. Um, y'all want to follow the homies, Josh. You know, follow his TikTok. He is hilarious on TikTok. I'm Josh not funny on TikTok. <laughs> like, I'm surprised TikTok is canceled yet. But like, oh, also on TikTok. Follow him too. That shit hilarious. Put your tell your tell your TikTok names in the thirty seconds we got left. <laughs> Uh, uh, it should be it should be my gamer tag. It's uh, soaring chaos. Awesome. That's a school word. And then mine is a uh, Minote fourteen, like Minotoba with Tay. Okay. All right. <laughs> so remember, go see a therapist. Take care of your mental health. Drink water. Um, do cocaine. Yeah. What? No, bro, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we out. <laughs> All right. All right.